Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive, a podcast that says, who said business news needs to be all business? I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Today, we're picking up a thread from our Fast 3 on Friday when we talked about how Spotify is now heading up a movement of tech companies, looking at how Apple and Google are using their dominance in app stores and payments. Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite, they've been firmly embroiled in this same stash already for years. Epic sued Apple in 2020 after the game introduced its own payment system into their game Fortnite, which broke Apple's rules and ultimately got the company banned from the App Store. Apple has won in federal appeals court in a case where it's accused of running a monopoly. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upholding a lower court's ruling. Apple is being sued by the maker of the game, Fortnite, which says developers are basically held hostage by the App Store and are forced to pay Apple's fees. A ruling in the U.S. earlier this year, in April, decided Epic had not shown that Apple had monopoly power. But despite this, this same fight is still ongoing here in Australia, with linked legal proceedings against Google, as well as parallel developer and customer class actions against the tech companies, headed for a 16-week trial beginning next March in 2024. It's Monday, the 9th of October, and today I want to know, what's the latest in this fight between Apple and Epic Games. I have the absolute pleasure of being joined today on The Dive by legal and regulatory affairs correspondent Laurel Henning from Capital Brief. Laurel, welcome to The Dive. Thanks, Sasha. It's great to be with you. So Apple VP Kyle Andia appeared before an Australian Senate committee this week, and he had some interesting comments to make about Epic Games and Match Group. Epic has an antitrust dispute against Apple in Australia. And we kind of touched on this in our previous episode of The Dive where we're talking about the conversation about monopolies and duopolies that these tech giants have over markets that they operate in. Can you give me a little bit more flesh to the bone here and give us a bit of a lay of the land of what's going on? Sure. I think the specific comment that we're talking about here is him saying, is Kyle Andier saying that he feels like Epic Games, Match Group, and let's say a handful, five or six other well-moneyed developers are basically seeking, and these are his words, not mine, to cut a special deal with Apple. So just to give you some more context as well of this, Sasha, um, he was appearing before the Australian Senate Economic References Committee, Mm -hmm. and it has an ongoing inquiry into the influence of digital platforms on Australia's economy. And Apple was appearing alongside Amazon Web Services and Google all on the same morning. It was a big tech morning. And Labor Senator Jess Walsh put to Andia this idea raised by actually Australia's competition regulator, the ACCC, in its ongoing digital platforms inquiry, where the ACCC had said in Australia, Apple and Google each have around 50% of the market for the supply of mobile operating systems, which obviously then filters down to the supply of 
app marketplaces because of the pre-installation of the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Can I ask really quickly, Laurel, when you say mobile operating systems, are you talking about our mobile phones? Yes. What does that mean? I'm saying basically your Apple iOS Mm -hmm. and your uh, Google Android, your software, the software that runs your phone. Yeah. So it's really easy to see then how they're linking that with iOS and the Apple store, the Apple app store, because yeah, when you have that duopoly operating, then there's not a huge, a lot of choice for a consumer to use. Right. So that's what Walsh then puts to Andy. She says, do you accept this idea of an effective duopoly in Australia? Because in the Australian market, you've got this essential 50% cut. And he just flat out rejects this. He says, from a business perspective, Apple knows that its developers have many choices. Mm. And he pointed as well to the US lawsuit that Epic had taken against Apple, which actually concluded that Epic hadn't managed to show that Apple has monopoly power. So then that's the link to the Australian lawsuit, because here Epic is arguing that Apple and also Google have misused their market power. And that case, as you know, Sasha has been underway for quite a while Mm. uh, and it's scheduled for a 16 week trial starting next March. The App Store isn't just a store. It's like a studio stocked with canvases, brushes and paint, the tools that artists need to create their works. And it's a gallery where they can display and sell their creations. And that is how the App Store empowers everyone to build apps. So you just gave us the lay of the land with Apple VP and Dia's thoughts there. Let's move across to Epic's basic argument. Can you roll me through what they are presenting? Yeah, so Epic's alleged in its lawsuit against Apple that the company has breached Australian competition law mm-hmm. by misusing the market power that it's alleged that Apple has and that Apple's conduct has also harmed competition as it exists, but also potentially future competition, because not only does it have that control, Epic would argue, let's say alleged control mm-hmm. of the market for app stores, but in also in the market for in-app payments. So that's when you make a payment within an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. So this is going not only to the percentage cut taken by Apple for any in-app purchases you might make, but to the fact that Apple prevents developers from using their own in-app payment systems. I mean, you'll remember that that is exactly how Epic ended up in this situation. It was Epic's attempt to introduce its own in-app payment system for the Fortnite game that saw the game being pulled from not only the Apple App Store, but also Google Play stores. The price change was really intended for Fortnite's mobile versions so that Epic could undercut the Apple and Google Play stores. Now, when you try and buy V-Bucks on iOS or Android, you'll be given two options, buying directly from Epic or buying through the devices built in store. Only the direct purchase from Epic has the new cheaper price. This is Epic's way of getting around Apple and Google royalties. And this is kind of where we had the conversation on our episode on The Dive on Friday, was we were talking about Spotify's argument with Apple about uh, the rollout of audiobooks and the fact that they had a lot of trouble kind of getting that in place because of Apple wanting to take 30% of a cut of the in-app payments. That's exactly what we're talking about here, yeah. We're focusing a lot of this conversation on Apple, but you mentioned in that opening there that Google also has 50% of the market share. And how are they a part of the conversation here? 
So they're a part of this legal conversation because of the similar allegations that Epic has brought against Google in Australia. Mm. Again, it's all about misuse of market power. It's about stifling competition when it comes to app stores and in-app payments. But the allegations are obviously going against a different company, different evidence is being required. So hence the separate cases, but really from the get-go, these cases have run in parallel in Australia and have even expanded now. So there's a class action dispute, not only brought by developers, but also brought by consumers alike. It's a real bumper legal fight in Australia. Because you mentioned earlier that it was going to be 16 weeks. I mean, I'm not a court reporter. This is your area of expertise. Is that quite unusual? Is that a lengthy amount of time? Oh, cases really, really vary. It depends on the arguments, the cases, the companies. But yeah, that'll be one of the longest ones that sat in on, that's for sure. I'll be right back with more of my conversation with Laurel in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Dive. Today I'm talking to legal and regulatory affairs correspondent Laurel Henning from Capital Brief. So you did mention in your answer before that there's been a similar case in the US where the New York Times reported that Apple emerged largely the victor. That was their words, not mine. I want to understand how this influences what's happening here in Australia. I understand that, you know, it's a completely different legal system and so therefore we can't make direct parallels. But what is the influence when you have these multinationals that operate in different markets and there's, you know, court cases happening simultaneously, how much can we kind of look at what's happened in the US and assume or draw conclusions about what might happen to us? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one, Sasha, because from a consumer perspective, you're looking at this huge global company, Apple, and you would assume that business is global, technology is global. And so these decisions and these lawsuits alike must have influence in multiple jurisdictions, regardless of where they take place. But I would say, because this really is about Australian consumers, and the case is obviously then pertaining to Australian law, the case has most impact really in the courtroom, like the US case has most of its impact in the courtroom in Australia. And then even then, as you point out, it's a different legal system. Mm. So from both a business and a legal perspective, I would see these matters as clearly related, but potentially in terms of their outcomes, quite separate. But obviously, it's hard to think of that when you look at these huge global companies. Yeah. And I guess the other prong to that is that we've seen the EU make decisions that have then had impacts globally, you know, like Apple changing their charging cords, for example, just to take a random example, that's been a decision that's happened in the EU marketplace that Apple's then decided to roll out globally. Yeah, I think it would be naive to say there's no influence, but at the same time, Australia has its own legal system, its own economy, its own consumers that are protected in different ways. And so regulators and judges or courtrooms alike maintain that right to make a very different decision. And it happens not infrequently to other jurisdictions, but obviously what happens elsewhere will be in some way 
taken into account, whether it's just by reference in a courtroom or in terms of the business decision, for sure. Mm. So let's kind of imagine ourselves in the future. As you said, like this bumper court case has come to an end. (laughs) What does the future look like where Epic wins in their minds? Like what changes did they want to see happen? Well, this I think then comes full circle, Sasha, back to the start of our conversation when we were talking about the Senate committee. We've also talked about the ACCC's ongoing work in terms of its review of digital platforms. This is about so many angles in terms of how Epic is tackling these issues. Now, I think most people expect damages. They expect payment and compensation when they hear about companies and legal disputes, but that's actually not part of Epic's case in Australia. The Fortnite developer has focused largely on declarations. So what does that mean? Well, that's where you want a court to say, yes, you're right, Epic. Apple and Google did misuse their market power. They did it in X, Y, and Z ways, and now, they must behave in different ways listed here in a judgment to rectify that. And Epic has also been really vocal in its support of industry codes of conduct, which the Australian Competition Regulator uh, has, has proposed to government. And those would aim to respond to the ACCC's concerns over self-preferencing on app marketplaces in terms of concerns of pre-installation and interoperability as well. So that goes to that point of sort of tackling concerns from with multiple or from multiple angles. Epic is also calling for measures to address tying, self-preferencing and pre-installation. So they sort of overlap with each other. What Epic is saying to the regulator is needed, what the regulator has found and, and, and is calling for from government. And Epic is really going at this, as I've said, from every angle, not just in the courtroom, but in its written submissions to the ACCC, in its oral evidence given to parliamentary reviews, Epic is pursuing what it wants and and pursuing it hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Laurel, I think that's a good place to finish for today. For those who are interested in your reporting, where can they find more of what you're filing? Oh, just go to capitalbrief.com and you will find me there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me on The Dive today. Thanks, Sasha. It's been a pleasure. And a massive thank you to you for listening and supporting us. We have just found out we're in the shortlist for Best Business Podcast of the Year, nominated through the Australian Podcast Awards. It means the world to us that you listen to us every week. So a massive thank you from myself and everyone here at the Equinimates office. We could not do it without you. That's the honest truth. So a sincere thanks to you for listening to us. I'm going to be back in your feeds with a new story on Wednesday. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 